Welcome back to Two and a Half Chicks. In this episode, we take a look at where we are in the midpoint of our lives. We don't call it a midlife crisis, though. Maybe a midlife awakening, or midlife peace, or in one case, a midlife fuck up my life. It's about the normal look back you take on your life to take stock of where we are, what we still want to do, what we would do different. Also, what changes would we make for our own happiness? There's value in getting another person's looking-through-the-glass perspective of your life, and how do our needs change as we age? Tune in, no matter what stage in life you're at. You may identify with us, or learn that it's never too early to start reviewing where you are in life, and how happy you are, and what changes you can make. And make sure you stay with us to the very end to hear a bonus conversation on sex toys and Monica's adventures. It's one you don't want to miss. Welcome back to Two and a Half Chicks. It's me, Tess, and Monica, and Brian. Hello! How's everyone doing? Doing good. Pretty good. Good. Today on the show, we, uh, we're, you know, we mentioned before we're three people in our 50s, and we've been feeling a little bit introspective lately, and, um, you know, we started thinking about where we are in our lives, where we've been, what we've been doing, and, you know, like, you know, you get to a certain point in your life where you start looking back on your life. You start looking back at you know, what you did versus what you would have wanted to have done if you had to do it do it all over again. Where are you going? Are you happy with your, where you are in life and where you're going in life? And I know Brian and I have been having some conversations about this just in our, about our personal lives. And then we talked to Monica and she's like, yeah, I definitely could speak to that topic. So we thought we would talk today about, you know, I could call it a midlife crisis, but I really think it's more like midlife reflection because I don't want to put mm-hmm. a negative spin on it. I mean, we're not, we're not in dire straits here, but life definitely uh, takes some reflecting on once you get to this age. So that's a good um, term. But but what did you call it in the car, Tess? You called it. a So I called it a midlife awakening, but that really mm-hmm. bears some explanation that I'll get to when I talk about kind of what I went through probably. And, yeah, I and then I said, well, then I'm going to have to call mine a midlife fuck my life up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we did. We all probably had some different experiences of how we've dealt with, you know, turning 50 and looking at, or even 50, 51, 52, wherever we are, just like where we're at. I mean, we were recently in our 40s, so it started in our 40s. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I feel like I've always, like, yeah, I've always felt like I finally grew up in my 40s. Oh, yeah. God. Like I, I, really, I mean, we're not going to live to be 100 here, so. Yeah. You know, like, I, I grew up think. in my 40s. In my 30s, I was still kind of like, I was I, I was getting there, but I was still just in a haze. Yeah. Well, I grew up at 51. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's now settling so, down. Yes. I call it, I, you guys call it that. I would call it my midlife. I, I've always used this word before. My inner peace. Like, I I feel like yeah, I finally reached my stuff, right? I finally reached my inner peace. I'm and I'm not a hundred percent. You know, there are times that things bother me that shouldn't bother me, but I'm more able to control it and just be more self aware about why I feel that way. But yeah, the small stuff doesn't doesn't bother me. You have people call me names, offend me. I just okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's in the bedroom, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get offended in the bedroom either. Good. Well, I want to hear a little bit about Tessa's midlife awakening. Yes. Can you speak on um, that? Yeah, it's actually a couple of years ago now, so that would put me at about 49, probably. I was sitting, it was actually, you know, COVID kind of wasn't 
it was still going on. And there was a friend of ours that performs music and she was performing at an outdoor location where people kind of set up lawn chairs like away from each other. And I was sitting there and I looked around and all the people that were there, like it was like a kind of a friend group that I knew through a friend of a friend. And I was sitting there and I'm looking around and I'm like, these aren't my friends. I don't really have very many friends anymore. I work all the time and I, I'm just not happy. I work, it's, I'm all work and no play. You know, I'm like my life because I never had a party stage when I was young. I started working young. I met a man with two small. Well, I got married and divorced with no children. And then I met a man with two small children. And then I became the breadwinner of our family. And I was just like, I don't freaking like my life. And I got up from that party and I just I looked at turned to my husband and I go, I need to take a walk. And I walked away and I just started walking home. And wow. I started walking home home uh, a few miles, not too bad. And I texted him when I was halfway home and I said, I'm not coming back. Don't follow me. Well, that's freaking creepy. Yeah, he he freaked out. He said for the first time in 20 years, he was afraid. Yeah. Because, you know, he never got a text like that and he didn't know what the fuck was going on with me. And, um, you know, I had to do some like real thought about where my life was and where it had been and where I wanted it to go. Um. My son still had another year and a half of school before he graduated high school. Um, and I just, I was just like, my my life is just t- too much. I just work too hard and I just don't have any fun. So that started a bit of a party stage for me. And it and I went out and bought an RV. That was my midlife crisis. I went out and bought an RV, but I didn't want to call it a midlife crisis. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be a midlife awakening because I'm going to I'm going to learning that life is not all about working hard and no play. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be more balanced in life and you have to enjoy yourself and so I went out and bought an RV and decided to go away once a month to, you know, just try and balance myself a little more because when I was at home I always saw that I should be doing this and I should be doing this and I should be doing this. I could never really relax, but when I go out in that RV and sit outside under the stars and light a fire and play music and drink wine or whatever the fuck we do, I can totally unplug. Now, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm giggling over here myself. And I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, you, you said you left that party and you walked home. You said, don't fucking follow me. I'm thinking, did she walk to like a gay bar or something? No, you walked to an RV no, park. I, no, I did not walk to an <laughs> RV bar. I went home. I spent several days okay. thinking about it. I did skip some steps there. Then I actually went to my father's house for a few weeks. I didn't even come home for a little bit. And I didn't have an end date to that trip. I needed to reflect over my life, so I ran away to my dad's for a little while. It wasn't because I wanted to leave my husband. I never wanted to leave my Mm -hmm. husband. I just needed time to think about my life. Mm -hmm. And being the breadwinner of our family, I just didn't have a lot of choices. So I just needed time. And it didn't. we didn't buy the RV for the three months. So we did a lot of... I decided I wanted to buy an RV. We did a lot of research, and then we bought the RV three months later. But it was a lot of reflection about how I could become a more balanced human being. Yeah, and we're not saying that there's an age limit on when you can reflect on your life, right? You can no, think about it's constant. You, it's constant. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're constantly trying to grow. And hopefully, yeah. journey. you know, if there are any listeners that are under the age of 45 on this podcast, they'll take a little heed to our, you know, our messages, right? And they say, it's okay to think about your life earlier. Because if I think if we would have done that earlier, maybe some things would have changed. Well, you don't want to do things, not do things that you'll regret not doing, right? You, yeah. you want- Yes. to make sure that you don't get to 50 and say, 
oh my god, I wish I wish I would have done this, this, and this, right? Right. So Tessa and I were in the car and uh, like today, just talking about it. And that's what brought up this whole conversation. She said we should talk about like a midlife crisis situation. I was like, wouldn't it be weird if you could just flash, like, do those Freaky Friday things where you just you you know who you are and you pop back into like an eight year old's body, <laughs> <laughs> like the things that you would do differently, right? <laughs> Yeah. So, it, yeah, reflect all you want, you know, try to make good decisions. I think I'd become don't. the biggest whore in school if I knew what I knew now when I was only eight. <laughs> I think <laughs> I would, everything. too. You became a whore at eight. My God, <laughs> Tess, come on. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even have the ability at eight. You know what I mean? I just, yeah, meant, I just meant that I would be an early bloomer, I'm sure. Yes, yes. You'd be Monica. <laughs> I would. Oh, I would. I would still be the same way. It's just I wouldn't feel ashamed or what I was doing, like I did yeah. in so many years. Yeah. So, Monica, let me let's hear about you. Did, did you feel like you had a midlife uh, awakening or crisis or whatever you? Like I would. To- I have never had. I've had multiple epiphanies mm-hmm. throughout my forties, and 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 now that I'm fifty, it's been gradual. And you know, it's funny because for for me, my life, I feel like it's it's in kind of like three stages. Uh, my first stage was my my youth. And then having my daughter when I was very young and then graduating from college. And then I, that's when I met my soon to be husband. And then I moved to California and that's like the next phase of my life. And I feel like the final phase of my life is when I finally separated from him, which was very, very traumatic for me. And it's been gradual. It's like, it's been a very slow process for me in figuring out like what I have or haven't accomplished my regrets learning to accept my regrets, learning to accept my mistakes, just growing. And and as I said before, just eventually just finding inner peace. So it's been like a bunch of epiphanies for me mm-hmm. throughout all yeah. the years that I got separated. And I still have some sometimes, you know, and I'm 50. And I'm like, oh, I, I guess I was doing this because of that reason. You're going to have them when you're 90. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm done. But I but I but I'm much better than I was. When I when I first separated, I was thirty eight, and I was I was a mess. I was a mess, and I don't think I'm a mess now. And finally, like I I'm I, I'm so much more confident than I've ever been in my life. I don't care that I'm older, uh, you know, or, or fifty. I whatever I can still do, I'm going to do it. And and you know, I you guys know I'm taking my I'm getting my masters and. When I'm studying, I find that it's a lot harder for me to study than when I was 20, where I would just like mm-hmm. read a book, like, you know, it, it's just like imprinted itself on my brain. Now it's like I have to read it over and over to capture what, you know, they're trying to, to teach me, but I'm still doing it. Uh, and I'm very, I'm very happy about that. So I'm not like as, as nimble and, 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 and quick as I was when I was young, but but I guess I still have it. That's what the milkman said. With the milkman, it, we're yeah. like teenagers, so I still have it. <laughs> I think what's, that's important, <laughs> what's important is to realize no matter what stage of life you're in, that when you're unhappy, you always have the power to change something in your life. And someone once told me that our emotions are signs along our spiritual path. So if you're mm-hmm. not feeling good, it means that there's something that needs to change. Now, some things are out of our control. We can't always mm-hmm. change everything in our lives. Like, you know, I mean, you sometimes like for me, I put my income and, you know, the money I bring in for my family above, you know, what I would want to be doing, you know, mm-hmm. but the bottom line is there are some things you can control and there's some things you can't. So right. 
whatever you can. And and sometimes it helps to figure out if you are unhappy because there are times when you're really unhappy because, like you said, Tess, Tess your your path, your you need to change your path. But sometimes mm-hmm. maybe you're unhappy for another reason. So try right. to understand why you're unhappy, and then mm-hmm. you can figure out what you need to do to get you to where you need to yeah, be. Yeah, I had a conversation with my friend T and she said like in her marriage and stuff she talked about like when she got before she got divorced she wished that she had the wherewithal to like be more mature about the marriage and maybe try a little more counseling and stuff like that not try not to you know jump into rash decisions like a like a midlife slight crisis or awake would actually cause right maybe the marriage isn't the problem maybe the relationship and maybe you know you're just going through something Mm-hmm. So, you know, just be a little more aware of yourself and, uh, you know, yes, you, you obviously have a, you're the breadwinner test. You, you need to, you know, ensure your family has food on the table. So I, I understand that, right? It's going to take precedence, right? You've got, you still have to live. Right. You know, but maybe there's some other tweaks and turns that we can oh, do yeah. to find Lots. happiness, right? So. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When we, when we. When we don't realize that we're in control of our lives, we tend to want to blame all these other circumstances or people, and yeah. then we give away that control. We give away that power, right? We, When you're busy mm-hmm. blaming everything else, mm-hmm. you don't realize that you actually do hold the power to make yeah. positive change. And a lot of us get, so. like, like they say, like you get paralyzed by analyzing, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. Just think about it. Give it like like carry that item around, that, that shirt you want to buy at the store, carry it around with you. Do all your shopping with that shirt in your hand. At the end of the day, at the end of the shopping trip, if you look at that shirt and you say, oh, yeah, I still want it, then go buy it. Right. You know, <laughs> if not, put it back on the rack. You know, I do you, that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I do, too. Right. It's like I, I think constantly like, return items. <laughs> yeah, it's a want or a need. Right. So, Brian, tell us what you meant by your midlife fuck up. <laughs> so, I mean, my whole life was, you know, I I was I was. Oh my God, I don't even know how to say this. I was with my wife. We dated for a long, my ex-wife, we dated for a long time. We got married, you know, and like I talked about this in the past, but like, you know, I had a house and a beautiful house and a beautiful backyard, everything you can want. I got a new motorcycle. I got everything. I had everything going for me. And like, I just realized I wasn't happy. No, all that stuff. They always say like money doesn't buy you happiness, you know, mm-hmm. it just allows you to be miserable in a nice nicer place so that's mm-hmm. kind of what i was going through and in the grant by I, what i meant by my my midlife fuck up i had i could basically retire you know at 59 if i was still with this person like we had financial stability we had everything you know and i could have lived a good retirement age but i was not happy so all like and like i remember i'll never forget the day i told my mom i was getting divorced she said you're a fucking asshole I was like, oh my oh, God, thanks, ma. You know, I say it was a midlife fuck up because in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, you want to prepare for your retirement. I had a, you know, she wasn't a bad person. I had a companion. At some point, you know, the person you're with is going to just be your companion. It's not going to be this sexual, you know, person that you started off at. And that would have been great. Uh, and I lost my home. I lost my motorcycle and I didn't lose it. I sold it, but I I got rid of a lot of stuff. And then I wound up getting into a bad relationship with the first person that I came across. And then even after that, I wound up in a bad relationship with the second. So for the last six years of my life, it was, you know, from my perfect, you know, I do the air quote marriage that I had friends and family and everybody on, you know, on, t- on the team. 
it just turned into a shit show of ups and downs and like call them shooting seeking that happiness yes looking for it just you know and idealizing everything like you guys told me right i was idealizing the life and i was watching too many romantic movies you know i guess i was hoping for that happy ending and the only place i would get those is at the massage parlor so um (laughs) (laughs) and then i wound up you know having to move like my my dad passed away uh last year and i wound up i found out i was losing my job or i had to move to keep it so i had to lose my family my friends my dad was gone my girlfriend had left me like i had to go through a huge change that really wasn't something that i chose in the grand scheme of things this was all kind of planned out for me by a greater power in my mind i think you know you sit there and I am a God believer, but I, I say, you know, sometimes when you you pray to God and like Garth Brooks says, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. So like I sat there and think, what the hell am I going to do? I don't want to move. This is horrible. Well, I wind up moving. I still have a job, like a great job. I'm not, it's not the, you know, I'm not happy there all the time because of the situation with this new ERP system we're doing or anything, but like, I'm not, I have a great paying job. I found an amazing woman that like you know, has my back. So, yeah, I'm not saying that the journey is over and I might not go through another three-quarter life crisis. I don't know. Life is kind of strange. But right now, I feel like I'm finally at 52 years old on a path that seems like there might be like a pinhole of light at the end of the tunnel. So that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Can I ask you, Brian, what do you want to be at that end of the tunnel? I want to be in a pair of Daisy Duke shorts with cowboy boots on (laughs) with a little pink pail in my hand, walking down a beach somewhere looking for sea glass. You want to be in the Daisy Duke shorts? Daisy Dukes. Yep. I'm putting on some Daisy (laughs) Dukes. I don't care. I just want to retire. I am that person right now who says, I will give away the next 13 years of my life to get to retirement age, like comfortably. Seriously? And have your person. And have my person with me and just enjoy it the rest of it without stress, without dealing with bosses and, you know, doing reviews and, you know, the the different personalities that come with working. And, you know, I'm not smart enough to have my own business, you know, and my artwork's not good enough. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You would be 65 tomorrow if you didn't have to work and you could be comfortably retired? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think 65, you still got it. You still got to run. You could do, you could make a good run, you know? Wow. Yeah. That's shocking. I know. That's a shocking revelation. I wouldn't give that time up. Even if I have to work, I wouldn't give that time up. I know time is precious, and I'm just saying it's just I've I've done a lot with my life. I've been all over the yeah, world. I've eaten in great places. I've done so many wonderful things, and now yeah. I don't want to deal with other people. I just want my person, and I just want to, like I said, I want to go wherever I want to go, whenever I want. If we want to travel, yeah, yeah, fine. If we want, but I, I want, want freedom. To to that point, I want that freedom. Yes. I don't have to worry about, I might lose my job tomorrow because the economy and big business is, you know, laying off people like Facebook and you know, 13% of this and Amazon, 17% of that workforce. And I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to worry about it. I just want to get to that point. That makes sense. I understand okay. it then. That's your light. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. Okay. Yeah, for me. Yeah. So what about mistakes? I've made a few. What about you? Tim? Oh, I've made it plenty. <laughs> All right. All right, Monica, let's hear your plenty. Let's hear a couple of your plenties that you would change to get, you know, your, you know, may have redirected your midlife epiphany. I would have gone to school earlier. 
I actually really wanted to be a doctor, like just a general practitioner, not a surgeon. So I don't think proctologist. Oh, no, (laughs) no, a general practitioner. Just uh, I I like taking care of people. So I actually would have liked to have become a doctor. So I, I wish I had had enough confidence in myself to do that. I wouldn't change anything about my kids. I love my kids so much. They actually made me a better person. And even though I had a lot of pain in in having them and I experienced a lot of emotional pain, not because of them, but because of the people I was with, I would still go through it for them. Wow, that says a lot, Monica. Mm, I love them too much. I can't see my, you know, they made me who I am in the end. Mm -hmm. So the one thing I would have done, though, is I, the big, the biggest regret I have is I should have gotten out of my marriage sooner. Yeah. So let me ask you a lot of emotional pain to my daughter. Right. So for for Monica, like being that in that situation for the, for the listeners out there, right, who may or may not be going through a struggle right now, right, we talk about like, would you, you wouldn't have stayed for the kids at this point. You have to stay for yourself to make you better for the kids in the long run, right? You don't stay in a marriage for the oh, kids, yes. right? No, no, because all of that negativity that's in between the couple gets pat. The kids learn it. You don't think they do, but they learn it when you fight, oh, the way yeah. you talk to each other. They Absolutely learn it, and then that's how they become when they're older, and they they won't understand why they behave this way. It's because that's what they learned. Yeah, you do not stay in the negative marriage for our kids. I mean, I can't. You can't tell anybody to get out of any marriage. I've said this before. Yeah, you do. People have to get out of a marriage when they're ready to get out of a marriage, and when it's safe for them to get out of the marriage. But to say I'm staying in this marriage and and, and, and and like suffering through this marriage for my kids, you're not helping the kids. Yeah, I agree. You're not helping them at all. You know, my boys love their father. They see him once a week. But if if I were to say, oh, I'm going back with your father, he's going to move in. They would both revolt and say, no, right. we don't want that. We well, don't want that anymore. No, I would, we have peace here because our, our house is very peaceful. It's actually yeah. very boring. Well, except for that fucking dog. Oh, God. (laughs) He's a maniac. (laughs) How about you, Tess? What what would you do different? Or I know exactly what I would do different. Um, Most of my life, my actions have been governed by what other people need from me. And I wish, like, it started when I was young. Because my parents moved us across the country when I was in the middle of high school. And... I I blame a lot on that. I don't say that I'm not responsible for the choices that I made, but that kind of catapulted me into a place of, I wasn't very settled and I wanted to leave California. They moved us from the East Coast, New England to California. And I wanted to leave California. I wasn't happy with the move. And then when I turned 18, I tried to leave and I got a lot of pushback from my mom and I put her feelings above my own. I wanted to go away to school and I didn't do that. I was very unsettled about what I wanted to do with my life. And I ended up falling into a career instead of choosing what would make me happy. And it's just been a really bad pattern. I've had my whole life of, you know, doing what other people need from me rather than really taking the time. And I wish when I graduated high school, I would have really taken some time for me to figure out what I really wanted. I got married at 21, was way too young. And I just, um, I just didn't take any time for myself. And I met, I met my first husband at 18. So I didn't take any time for myself to figure out what mm-hmm. I wanted out of life. So my life has been a series of reactions instead of proactive. 
So would you tell your kid right now, he's, he meets his girlfriend in college and wants to get married right outside of college, what advice would you give him? I would, I mean, you know, I would say exactly what I just said is, you know, just make sure that you know who you are and what you want before you start becoming responsible for another person, you know, mm-hmm. and make sure you know you before you become an us. And if, if he decided to do it, I wouldn't stop him because my parents couldn't stop me. Right. You can't stop somebody. Mm-hmm. But I would, yeah, I would absolutely impart my wisdom of what I've learned at this point in my life, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just one series of pattern behavior after another for me my whole life. And I think that's also what led me to walk away that one day is I'm like, I need to find something for me. I need to find a way for me to stop thinking about other people all the time. It's just a, it was just a really bad habit I got into and, you know, caretaking for my parents and my mom got sick and, um, you know, my dad's getting older and, you know, just my family, my husband's kids, my kid, you know, my husband just, those were always been my considerations above myself. So I think that's what I would do different. I would have taken that time for myself to figure out what I want rather than just reacting to life. I've always said that. I I believe that everybody needs to have a time in their life where they're just alone. I mean, single. Mm -hmm. So they can figure themselves out. Because, you know, there are a lot of people who are in a relationship from one to the next to the next. And it's always good to just be on your own. Figure yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. Tess, we just had this conversation to Car Monica today. Like my sister brought out a really great point to me. She says, you know, Brian, a lot of the times when I speak to you, your happiness is predicated on the person you're with. It's not your happiness. You need somebody else in your life to help you create that happiness. And I was like, son of a bitch. You know, like And how happy you are with them is how happy you are, right? Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, I never even thought that. That's like horrible. Isn't it crazy when someone <laughs> tells something to you about you and you're like, yeah, you're I like, didn't really think about that about myself. <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough to have thought about that and know better. And it, it took my sister, you know, to just pop it out of her mouth and like, and, and blah, blah. It just, you know, came out mm-hmm. like, you know, just real quick. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Sometimes right. a view is clear looking through the glass, like you always say. Yeah, this is I what I see it. looking through the glass, Looking right? through the glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every once in a while I forget that I, I should put a mirror in front of that glass, right? Well, <laughs> all of us should. But that's super helpful for me when you tell me about what you observe in my life, you know, yeah. instead of just looking through the glass, this is what I see. And sometimes we have to hear stuff that we don't really like to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, when that's she told true. me that, I was, mm-hmm. I was so upset. But not yeah. at her, at myself, or like, why don't I, why would I, me here, I'm this guy who talks about, oh, I was with this one, I was with that, blah, 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 blah. And then I realized, shit, I was doing that because I need to be in a relationship. I've never, like, been single. I've never been single. And Monica used to say it to me, too, when we used to I've work together. i said it to you all the time. You need some time alone. And what the fuck did I do? I came to Reno and dated everybody in town. You know? <laughs> well, you were single. You were just single and... Yeah. Keeping yourself very occupied. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't like being alone. I can't stand it. I can't stand being yeah. alone. It's well, somebody it. to share life with. Yeah, I and yeah. I go back to that saying, right? I'm like, when you see a sunset with somebody, it's beautiful. But when, uh, I'm sorry, by yourself, it's beautiful. But when you see it with someone else, it's magnificent. You know, mm. when you have somebody else that's sharing that moment with you, you know? So I, I get that. I, I, I just fall into it. Like being alone for me, it's like... When I go to the bathroom, that's my alone time. Outside that, I want somebody there. 
<laughs> I, I need that person there. <laughs> we were talking about it today, too, about what it's like to have a companion. And it's like you, I'll see a movie and then I'm like, oh, I want to share this with my husband. Or, yeah. you know, like you'll want to share it with, yeah. with the people that you love because you, it's like it's fine by yourself, but it's it has more meaning for you when you share it. I get yeah. it. I get it, Brian, because I mean, I've been alone for a long time, like single where I just go see a movie by myself. And it does suck not being able to talk to your person and and to tell them what what's going on. It does suck. Uh, Yeah, I noticed that when people are single for a long time, they don't need anybody else. It's hard to be with somebody else when you're single for like, like my sister, the same one that said that's been single for a long time now, you know, and she (laughs) says she makes comments. Yeah, I would love to have somebody. But she doesn't make any efforts to find anybody. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she's just like to the point where like I'm sh- she's financially stable and she could retire mm-hmm. tomorrow and be completely do whatever she wants. What do you, you think know? it is, Brian? Do you think that the the barrier just becomes not barrier, but the the what you're looking at, you're just looking for it becomes too high, like the expectation yeah, I, becomes I, too I, high or because we're set in our ways. I we... think it's we're set in our ways. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Like, you don't want to share your stuff after a certain period of time. Like, I don't mean like, you you're know, not willing to deal with negative, negative stuff or the yeah, bullshit. You don't want. Yeah, you want. You know what your, your comfort zone is. You know, like I can come home. I can sit on the couch. I can watch Netflix. I can get the dishes in the sink tomorrow morning, you know, and nobody's ever going to say anything. It's your yeah. world. And then set I the feel bar. Like, I was trying to say set the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Set you barrier. set the bar. Yeah. And, you know, after a certain period of time. You know, you don't want anybody coming in and disrupting your your world. I mean, I think it would be good for her. It would be amazing for her because I think knowing what I know now, having your world disrupted every once in a while is a really good thing. I had to move to Reno on my own with no family, with no friends. Okay. And I thought it was horrible and I struggled and struggled. And, you know, do I love it there? No. But am I living a life there? Yes. And I needed that world to get away from the world I was in. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I spoke mm-hmm. to somebody one time, my friend, uh, her husband said to me, I made a promise to myself years ago that every 10 years I would find a new place to live. And he's been true to that. And he's got like two more years on his living area and out in, you know, Southern California. And he's like, I have to make a decision. I, you know, I have, you know, and I'm married now. And, you know, I know that my friend would be willing to move back to the east coast but he said i don't want to live here in two years i want to try something new and i thought how brave that is right to say to yourself i can upheave my life and go someplace else and try something new because we're not here we're not here for a long time right Mm -hmm. you know in the grand scheme of things our hourglass is draining sand left and right you know it's dropping more sand than than the milkman's popping on monica's back (laughs) so You got to take advantage of these little things. You got to listen to people when they talk sometimes because they got some real jewels. Yeah. But keep your ears open is what I'm trying to say. Listen for the gold nuggets, right? Listen to those things Mm -hmm. that maybe make you think about your life. Because when my sister told me that, and I mean, that was only, you know, a week ago, making me think about my life already, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, things I would have done different, I would have gone to college. Because now I have to live with the fact that trying to find a job in my world without a college degree is so ridiculously difficult. I've been in the same business for 28 years at this, you know, same company. I have 28 years experience, but if you don't have that piece of paper, you got to kind of start in the middle now. Like, you know, mm. not starting out as a, as a manager now. I'm now starting out as a supervisor, possibly, you know, I'm too old for that. 
there's the other side of me that says, well, you know, I don't want the responsibility anymore. I'm tired of dealing with all these people and personalities. You got to have a friggin' nowadays, especially, I'm sorry, living on the West Coast, you got to have a psychology degree to be a manager, <laughs> having to deal with these personalities yeah, out here. Absolutely. It's not easy. So, yeah, something a little bit easier. But it would have been nice to go to college, have that piece of paper. And um, like my niece, for instance, sorry, I know I'm rambling here, but she chose a field that she loves. She's 30 years old. She's living her best life. She's making tons of money. And she goes to work every day. And she says to me, I don't feel like I work. I love my job that much. I don't feel. I mean, how many people have that freedom? 5% of the planet? I don't know. If Mm -hmm. it's even that high. Right. I don't know. So, but that's a wonder. That's got to be a wonderful feeling. Yeah, as, mm-hmm. as I would have definitely. That's my biggest regret, and I got a lot of them. But that's the biggest. Yeah. One of <laughs> yeah. one yeah. of my regrets was that for the longest time while I was when I was younger, I constantly let myself feel down because of the fact that I didn't achieve the things that other people in my age group had achieved. Like if they had a nice car or if they had a big house that was like a mansion or yeah. obviously if they had a perfect marriage, which I didn't end up having or their kids, you know, went to like a great school and my kids are struggling in school, which they did, you know, both my boys had ADHD, you know? So like for the longest time, I think that's one of the things I kept doing. Like I kept feeling down because I felt like I wasn't achieving what I was supposed to achieve. Uh, and that was one of my epiphanies, you know, that I had in my, I'll say late 40s. It's like, why do I need to compare myself to somebody else? So what if they have the nice car? So what if they, I'm I'm happy they have a nice marriage. I don't, that's fine. Um, I don't need to have a big house. I don't need to have a mansion. I just need to have what's right for me. And actually, right. I'm, I want to have a smaller house now because I don't want to clean it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, Monica, is the older you get, the less stuff you feel you need. Yeah, That's I don't want to walk the steps. Yeah. Exactly. I don't I mean, want to cut I, the grass anymore. I don't care about having a nice, luscious yard anymore. Yeah. But I think we yeah. all do that, Monica. I think everybody grows up. Like I know I have friends that still to this day do that. And some of them have a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. uh, and they still compare. It, I think it's just the way we are. Well, I, I've stopped doing that. I've conscientiously stopped doing that. I don't want to do that anymore because I don't, I don't feel good. I feel, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's doesn't help my confidence or my, mm-hmm. you know, my happiness, in, internal happiness. Yeah. I just talked to Tess um, about this today. Right. I mean, I mean, I've been going mm-hmm. through a bout of depression and mm-hmm. it, um, it's basically probably, like I said, she said, is it chemical or do you feel well, is it chemical or is it like circumstantial, uh, circumstantial, right, Tess? And I was like, I yeah. think it's more circumstantial. I've never really felt this way before. Like, but yeah, to where I'm at, it's a little depressing when I, you know, all like my, not, I mean, not being able to have my family around me when my dad, you know, passed, you know, and moving out of a different state. So yeah, I think I'm going through a little bit, but like, uh, it's comparing stuff. I, like I said to her today, right. I said, I'm 52 and I'm, I'm not where I'm at. I'm not rooted. I'm not settled. I mean, I thought my world was going to be completely different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. I'm living in an apartment. I'm moving out. I'm moving in with my girl. You know what I mean? We're going to, mm-hmm. you know, but we're not buying a house together. We're getting an apartment together. So at some point I'm going to have to move out of there. Yeah. I just don't feel rooted. I need to feel rooted. I, I won't feel comfortable. Like when I was married, I felt rooted. Okay. And I was mm-hmm. like, but I wasn't happy with 
the situation. But now I feel like I know what I want. I got a great person. Now I want to be rooted. I just don't want to be rooted in Reno. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's tough. We all go through this. And I mean, who knows? It may never end. I may be renting for the rest of my life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you do the best you can with what you got. That's right. It's a process. It is a process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think uh, mm-hmm. I think depression, I don't think it's so abnormal when you get to that point where you're reflecting on your life and you're not necessarily happy with what's going on all the time. I know for me, it's also, I don't know if it's that or if it's hormonal, but I go through moments of extreme melancholy yeah. where mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm just sad and I don't know why, you know? Uh, I, I, yeah, me, me I have too. that too. Me too. Yeah. So I don't want to get out of bed. Thing. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be an age thing. It could be circumstantial. It could be chemical. Yeah, I said that because I don't know if my testosterone levels are dropping. I'm more emotional now about what I'm always emotional. First of all, I've been never going to change, but I feel like it gets right. worse, you know. And I mean, I even like even my girl tells me, you know, like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just sad. I'm like, I mean, this is real. I'm never like, I. Everybody says, oh, I'm so depressed, but until you are depressed, you don't realize how real this is. You know, it takes a toll on you. My body aches. My mm-hmm. neck hurts all the time. Like I, like you said, mm-hmm. Monica, I don't want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I think about my dad and I'm like, this this guy was depressed his whole life. He was clinically depressed his whole life, but he still got out of bed and he still took care of, like he raised, you know, put money and food on it for six kids. You know what I mean? Like I can't let him down. I, I My whole process is like, I can't let my, my dad down. <laughs> like, is, yes, I'm depressed. I will work through it. And maybe I need to speak to somebody like more with more letters at the end of their name than mine. Right. But like at this point, like trying to figure out your way, it's not easy. And I thank God I have you guys. Cause I talk to you mm-hmm. about all of this stuff. And this podcast mm-hmm. is great because I vent out a lot of my stuff on this podcast. But Brian, we're also old enough to have the wisdom to pull yeah. ourselves out of it. Younger people, I think that are, I, maybe it's not an age thing. Maybe it's a personality thing. I don't know. I think it's an age thing. Younger people sometimes don't know how to handle those feelings. And I feel like we can recognize it when it's happening and know that it's happening and know that it's not normal. And I, I feel like we can do work on ourselves to yeah. battle it, whether it's getting help or whether it's taking medication or whether it's if it's a hormonal imbalance. I feel like we have the wisdom to say, this isn't the way I'm going to live the rest mm-hmm. of my life out. Like this is I'm either going to make a change in my life to see if it's circumstantial or I'm going to get help or I'm going to I just feel like we have more wisdom to deal with it at our age. Yeah, but if it's chemical though, like how would you know? Right? I, I I'm not this is I'm not used to this, right? This is not a normal feeling. Yes, I get mm-hmm. that, but if it's process right? of but elimination, you know, if circumstantial changes don't work, then you yeah. have to look mm-hmm. into you talk yeah. to a doctor, yeah. you know. You get mm-hmm. some tests done, you know. That's the I only mean, thing we can do is a process of elimination. I know we, you know, the older people tend to call the younger folks, the, you know, the younger generations crybabies and this and that. But, but we, we were kind of crybabies too when we were young, <laughs> Maybe you know, you in, were, in the nineties, eighties. Oh, yeah, we I'm not were, saying we weren't. Yeah. Okay, Brian. I just we were, I think we have maturity and wisdom. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we weren't helped. And our and you know in, in those years when we needed it the most, we just kind of like just grew older with it, dealt with it. But we still we still had those mental issues. I mean, Brian, you tell me those stories about all those kids that this is very sad that committed suicide in your town all yeah. the time, oh, yeah, time jump, right? Yeah, yeah, jumping in front of trains. Yeah, and so th- it existed back then. It's just 
it wasn't acknowledged. And I think, yeah, we can call the kids nowadays crybabies and, and wusses, whatever, but at least they're more aware that it's a real thing and that they can get help for it. And they don't make fun of people anymore. I mean, how, how, how many times when we were younger did we call people crazy? You know, yeah. when people acted weird, which was, which looking back now is fairly mean that we were doing that. Yeah. Well, like when you're young, you say a lot of stupid things and mean things you don't really Yeah. Know. I mean, we didn't know. We didn't know. We were ignorant. I think we have more wisdom now to deal with this than we, than people that are young. That's mm-hmm. all. I'm not saying that we're, that we're, that we weren't crybabies, crybabies when we were young. I think we were, but I'm saying as you get older, yes. you just have yeah. more yes. wisdom to deal with problems yeah. than you do and, when you're and, younger. When you're younger, you have mm-hmm. less coping ability. And like you said, Tess, you have more wisdom to know if it's just more circumstantial, maturity. like you, like what Brian was saying, or if there's something Question else yeah. that's not just the circumstances. Maybe it is chemical. There's more maturity mm-hmm. for tackling. Yeah, and I, I have to say mm-hmm. this, you know, uh, uh, if you're listening and you do feel that way or if you have somebody in your life that seems like they don't understand if they're out of acting out of character you know bring it up to them it's so you know some people want to be asked about their problems right find out if they're okay you know because it's not easy living like this it sucks it just really sucks i feel bad that people like i'm not you know i feel bad for people that live with this every day i mean i've been living this for the last year but i mean for someone that's been suffering with this for years i mean that's that's sad it's sad support is really important Mm -hmm. so i think you know part of what we are you know covering today is that it's not it's a normal thing to reflect on your life and that it's not about you don't have to wait till you're in your 50s Mm -hmm. to do it or 40s i mean it's something you can always do and, you know, you have the control to make changes and to, you know, be aware so that you, you can make changes so that you don't have regret Agreed. later. Agreed. Um, so who's got some closing thoughts? Like, like Tess said, you are never too young or too old to make changes in your life that are good for you. Yes, you may regret, you know, you may reach 50 and regret your decisions, but they're part of your journey and hopefully they make you a better person. I always remember, did you guys ever watch a movie called Hope Floats with yes. Sandra Bullock and Harry Connick Jr.? It's depressing. Yes. I know it's very depressing, but I always remember the line that she says at the very end. Childhood is the thing that you spend the rest of your life getting over. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's okay if you're not okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay, okay to, to not, not be okay. That's it's exactly okay to right not be okay. But, you know... I don't even think it's, chi- I mean, I don't think it's just childhood. I mean, we, we go through things our entire yes. lives that make yes. us have Agreed. to constantly it just get yes. It just yes. compounded, right. though. It gets yeah. compounded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, relationships and there's so many things that you, loss of friendships, loss of relationships. I mean, you're, but it's a good, that's yeah. a good line. But, but like, it's okay to not be okay. And it's, you're never too old to decide to make a change that's positive for you. And you can still do it. Don't ever convince yourself. Don't, don't convince yourself you can't. Yep. I was raised in a house where somebody told us, you know, you're too dumb for college, so don't even bother. So don't do that to people. Don't belittle people's brains and and growing power. and Build them up. Don't break them down. Build your people up. I'm not saying you give them an award for showing up. Don't do that either. Or constantly call them beautiful or or smart. Yeah, don't do that. Reward their effort. Yeah. And, you know, and know your worth when you get older, too. Like, you know, understand yourself. Even if, you know, you didn't go to college... It's okay. You're still making it. Mm-hmm. You're still doing your thing, right? So yep. just have some self-respect. Have some, 
you know, pride mm-hmm. in your in your world and, and appreciate the things that you have and concentrate on those a lot more than, you, you know, the, the problems in your life. You know, if we can forget our problems as easy as our blessings, we, we, we you know, it'd be a lot easier to live. You can't feel gratitude and sadness at the same time. Mm. So I think when we're feeling negative, it's best to reach for yep. a positive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you can, it's hard to do sometimes. Yep, when you're it's negative. true. Very hard. It is. All right, guys. Uh, so, guys, I have to tell you guys. At the end of season two, I announced that I lost my favorite toy, and I, I just want to say that I found it. <laughs> oh, where was it? <laughs> In her girlfriend. <laughs> I think I had said that I last I saw it, it was on my bed and I looked on behind my bed and under the bed, like where it could have fallen and it wasn't there. And one day I was in my bedroom and I was by the bed doing something and I kicked something after taking a trip. I keep, I store under the bed, I store like duffel bags and stuff for trips and I had taken a trip. So what it, so here's the thing. It ended up under the bed. I ended up kicking it and I was like, what the hell? When I saw it, when I went under the bed to see what I kicked and I saw it. My dog has decided to make a little doggy cave under my bed. Mm-hmm. So when the womanizer fell off the back of the bed from my dog laying under the bed, it got pushed more to the, the foot of the bed. And then when I took the duffel bags out for a trip, it pulled it closer to the edge of the bed. So anyway, uh, it was gone for months, but I found oh, it. I found the damn That's toy. good. The it's fact that wonderful. she needs That's a good. duffel bag sized piece of luggage to carry the womanizer should tell you how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> the womanizer isn't about size. It's about suction. <laughs> and, and, and D and I were talking earlier and he brought up a good point. If a vibrator runs out of its batteries, it's still, it's still a useful vibrator, right? It's not, it's not like an escalator, you know, like an escalator, right? When it stops working, it's still a set of stairs. <laughs> so, right? Depends it's, on the vibrator. Oh, yeah, it depends on the vibrator. When if mine it's loses a dildo, charge, then yes. Yeah. When mine loses charge, it it's no good. He's saying it's still a penis shaped toy. Oh, mine is not a pe- Yeah, oh. my, my vibrator is not a penis shaped toy. What the it hell? Depends shape is it? on. <laughs> it's shaped like a like a big teardrop. Oh, teardrop. Yeah, because it makes you weep. Because it feels so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it has these like these this uh this little section for where you to put your fingers so that you hold it with your fingers so that it you don't you don't you're not holding it like oh, this I or like that it. you're just got like I this. I think I've seen that. Yeah, it's a Vivo, but I don't know which Vivo it is. Vivo is a big brand. It has all kinds of uh, all types right. of vibrators, but you hold it I've with your fingers that. and you hold it close to your you know clip and yeah. Uh, and it just it just prevents you from having to do like crazy things with Wrist your hands. Stuff. You're, you're yeah. able to just hold it like with your fingers. It it's prevents really carpal cool. tunnel. Yeah, it does. It does. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Well, that's that's a piece of good news. I was excited to share. Good. Good, Tess. Yep. Um, and then Monica, I was curious if you're still seeing the milkman. I am. All right. I am. Nice. I we're we're still not serious. We're not. It's. It's temporary. I don't know how temporary or how long temporary is. But, did, you add, uh, did you add any other vendors like an ice cream man or uh, you know. no, no? I, I, he knows that I am still on the dating apps because I do want to find my person, as I call him, my life mate. But uh, 
He knows. I, I talk to him about everything. I tell him everything. He knows everything. Did he listen to our podcast? I don't know. He hasn't told me, but he knows about it. Okay. All right. But I just haven't had any luck. It's it's just been bad luck after bad luck. Oh, and I was on OkCupid. I completely deleted my account on OkCupid because I was swiping, swiping, swiping. And all of a sudden, I got my ex yeah. as a potential match. Did and I freaked out. No, I Your left. ex-husband? No. Yeah. Oh, my husband. oh, shit. Wow. Oh, I thought I, you did. did I mean, he must have seen you too, no? I don't oh, no. know. I don't know because because he, he comes to see my boys and he, he, um, he talks. You know, we talk. We're not friends or anything, but we, we're friendly because Civil. I've told him I don't yeah. want to be fighting in front of the boys. Wow. I got to know so, what did that feel like? I got, I freaked out. I was like, oh. So then I swiped left. <laughs> And I deleted my account immediately because wow. I do not want him seeing my wow. account. So I went back to Bumble and it's not been going that great. But ah, I, I'll keep looking. Hey, at least. Uh, but I have the milkman. Milk keeps delivering. That's right. He does. He keeps That's delivering. Right. You don't worry. He, he, we have a lot of fun. That's the thing about him and I. We have a lot of fun. We're, but, we're you being know, very comfortable. Yeah, we're very. Yes, it does. That's great. It does. Because you work hard and you're going to school, so to be able to have some fun mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Did you, do you find that being in this kind of relationship where there's like no strings attached in the grand scheme of things, you're you're more open sexually with him? Yes. Because like, you don't really? care. Yes, I can tell him anything. Yeah. I can tell him anything. And I'm not afraid that he's not going to like me. You know, I'm not right. afraid oh, that wow. he's going to stop liking me. That's huge, Monica. Right? Yeah, yeah, because I don't, because I don't, not that I do care if he likes me, obviously, but. uh He obviously likes you. He's I don't think he's going to fall in love. I know he's not going to fall in love with me. So because of that, it's like, it, I don't have that hanging over the the relationship. So I tell sure. him yeah. anything. I can tell him anything. He can tell lose. me anything. I have nothing to lose. Are right. you telling him so anything it during the throes of passion? You tell me like rock that. Yes. Yeah, yes. Look at you, yeah. We are. <laughs> he says like you naughty girl. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. wow. Wait, are you yeah. trying stuff out you've heard on the podcast? No, he's the one that's he's actually pretty he's he's pretty uh, open open-minded in terms of you know, well, that's cool. Sexuality. Brian, so say? he'll say some stuff. He said some stuff. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll give a little bit of a hint. Like he does sometimes he'll say something and I'm like, and he says, well, he'll ask me a question. I don't want to give too much details. And then I sit there like, oh, this, because <laughs> I don't know what to say. He goes, yeah, that's good. I'm like, okay. Well, Monica, that, I'm so I lost. I would have rather had details for that instead of eh, this and that. I it's too personal. You mean he suggests personal. stuff and yeah, he says like he he's he because you know the during sex the dirty talk and he'll say something but he'll ask me like a question like expecting me to give a, a very oh, naughty yeah, that's answer. Awesome. Yeah, so then I I'm like because I don't know what to say. He'll be like he'll ask me a question and I sit there like like so in the, in the middle of the passion you know of the throes of passion he'll ask me this question and I'm you go like, blank. I go blank. I'm like, uh, uh, uh this? <laughs> like, you know, this is like, where, yeah. no, Monica, this is where you go, what would Brian do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Monica, this is a different Say he's whatever. Asking, if he's asking you questions for like long division, I can understand why you're, uh, <laughs> but if he's asking you like, 
you know, where you like my stick my cock, then you got to answer the fucking question. Well, yeah, that's easy. But he he he'll ask stuff. And what will you something like? He'll say, and what do you like to do, or what do you do? And then I cut. I'm like, oh, that's where I get like. You like to go for long walks on the beach. (laughs) No, Monica, that's not what he's looking for. All right. Yeah. You know. and the thing that I have to stop doing is I, for some reason, when I, like I said, I have fun with him. And every time I'm like, I literally am grinning the whole time. And I think, I think to myself, like, I'm going to look so stupid. Like, no, no. I think in that moment, <laughs> when he asks you what you like to do, you just got to answer him really freaking honestly. What, exactly. what do you want in the moment? Like, what yes. do you desire in the moment? And then yes. just freaking say it. Without, you know, yeah. like, without now, hesitation. You guys have definitely oh, helped because I, I told him, like, what you said, Brian, your words. I said to him, I told him it was from the podcast where you said, once you close that door, whatever right. you say in those <laughs> yeah. closed doors stays in those closed doors. And I told him that. He said, that's a good way of putting it. That's yeah. right. And, and on the podcast. <laughs> yep. So that's why I say next time you're on top of him and you're grinding on him and everything, he's like, what do you look? You say, stick your finger in my ass right now. Just tell him. Tell him, Monica. You're going to like it. I'm telling you. You're going to like it. Or you just tell him to talk dirty or something. I don't know. Yeah, I prefer the dirty talk. (laughs) I'm going to say, guys. never know until you try it. I'm not not a butt girl. I'm not. Yeah, because you don't know. You don't know. There's a lot of nerve endings in that injury. That's right. He doesn't have to go. He doesn't have to go hard in there. Just like just one knuckle. Just even one knuckle. Just a tickle. (laughs) You'll be like, whoa. (laughs) I've never been. So I don't know. But he does. He's very respectful. If like I don't or, want to you do know something, what? he if won't. If that's do not it. your speed, you could say, you know, like hold my face or touch my hair or whatever you do. Like. Yeah, be yeah, boring. It is. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not your experience; it's hers. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to live vicariously through her now, Tess, because I have someone, and I yell. So, yes, I need to. <laughs> Monica, we have a lot of her. Yeah. Well, we're we have a lot of fun together. We're very comfortable with each other. So it's, it's that's nice. Awesome. That's a wonderful thing. It's that's nice. a great thing. It is very nice thing. So you have, you, have, you have a playmate. You have somebody to experiment with. That's I cool. do. The only very thing cool. I'm thinking is that, you know, I feel bad because now it's like if I try to find a real person and it, I'm not looking for like the <laughs> same. <laughs> no, no. If I try to find like. <laughs> oh, if I try to find my partner. life mate, my life yeah. mate, I call him my life mate. I I don't want to compare because well, oh, I'm, Mark, so, I'm having some, able, you know. Yeah. Every, so every to, person is a new experience, right? You got to exactly. throw out the comparison. There's no comparison. Yes. But I have told him that once I meet somebody, because I'm not, I'm not the type of person to go with two guys at at the same time, I'm just not, I just can't. Well, that's a fantasy. Not yet. Though, right? No, it, it, <laughs> no. I, I think I think I've decided I'm not. I I really. He's actually with him. I've decided I really like just being one on one. It's just it. That's my thing. Oh, I'm so, teasing. I, I like one on one. Yeah, too. I'm gonna stay silent during this moment. <laughs> Yeah, right. Well, like I said, if, if my girlfriend, which I know would never happen, she said to me, you know, I was thinking about it. Let's bring in a nice, you know, companion. You know, I, I don't know what I would say. <laughs> well, I think you equated that group sex thing to like the party in times in your 20s. Not yeah, really. That, that's right. A relationship. It's not right? what you want. Yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm more into the, the, you know, the one on one tantric feeling, you know, like the. Yeah. You know, 
the 52 year old penis is completely di- different from the 20 year old penis, right? It, it's more oh. tantric. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoy that now. I actually, I have to say, it's like when you, like you said, Mike, like there's that sex where you don't really have that emotional connection in the grand scheme, like, you know, so it's just crazy wild sex. And then there's the emotional sex where it's like, it takes longer and it's more passionate and everything in the sense. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that side of it better. I wouldn't have answered that yeah. way 20 years ago. I mean, it's the one thing, the crazy thing is with, with him, it's like we laugh sometimes when we think about it. Like, we're like teenagers. We sometimes. You're like, making up for lost like, time. Yeah, we're making up for lost time. And he's he's yeah. loving it. He's not minding. <laughs> it's like, okay. not. I imagine he isn't. Yeah. And yeah. some Latina snatch. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. I guess. <laughs> Good for you, Monica. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Monica. Okay. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. As always, special thanks to our producer D for all he does for our show. Where are you in your life? How did you respond to your midlife reflection, or how are you living life now if you haven't reached midlife yet and don't want regrets? Let us know. Email us at two point five chickspod at gmail dot com. You can also find us on Instagram at Two and a Half Chicks to keep up with new shows getting released. Check back soon. More of Season 3 is coming your way. Take care.